Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes. Good morning. Wednesday, 30th of November. Kempe is he for breakfast. SCNZ. It's just after 8 o'clock and it is my privilege and my honor to welcome in our next guest. And I just want to apologize right now. See ya. For just hounding your Instagram direct <laughs> message box, I know it'll be full of piss like myself. He's a World World Cup winner, been an inspiration for a generation of young South African rugby players, and even with all of that, he's been good enough to take our call today here on SCNZ after a massive season of international rugby. As Beaver pointed out yesterday, it could be the Springboks who have finished with the right form lines to be a serious threat to retain the Wee Ballast Trophy next year. The man who will be hoping to lift it once again for South Africa. And how cool of a moment was that for the younger kids back home. Is Skipper Sia Kolisi, who's with us now. Sia, how are you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. How are you? Oh, mate, I'm very, very good. I really appreciate you taking the time. You're very busy. I know you've got a beautiful family that would have missed you, and no doubt you'll be doing daddy duties. But, mate, how's the body? How's the family? Things good? No, everything is good. The body is good. Um, obviously, I went off with a bit of a concussion, so I'm out for mm. 12 days. I'm actually going to the family tomorrow. I haven't seen the okay. kids for a month now, so I'm going back home to see them. Sia, how do you think? Mate. How do you think uh, it's Kempe here? How do you think the South African team is tracking? Like it's been a really tough time for the All Blacks down here this year. Um, how do you think your team, the South Africans, are tracking towards next year's World Cup? It'd be good to get your um, view on that. It's funny how you say it's been a tough time for the All Blacks while they've won almost every competition <laughs> they've played in. That's that's a good tough time to have. You know, that just shows how. Like the the expectation of, of of the group, you know, and I think it's an amazing mm. group, and um, yeah, um, I think for us, we've been yeah we've been learning um, a lot, and I think we've been proving quite a lot. I think this um, this autumn series has helped us quite a lot, and got us a lot of answers, uh, you know, where we needed. And I think a lot of players put their hands up. So yeah, we would yeah. have loved to win all four games, but I think we got the answers that we needed. Mate, what about this young kid? Like, you think you've just unveiled Cheslin Colby, and you're thinking, how do you stop that fella when he's running with the ball? And then Kurt Lee Ariense gets the ball, and he does what he does, mate. There is so much talent coming out of South Africa. The factory continues. Yeah, no, I, honestly, um, it's 
you know, it's 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 really good to see, and I'm grateful. Like guys like that are getting opportunities, and they're taking them. You know, they both come from the same environment. You know, and you know to have him, Cheslin, and and Moody, and obviously Mampimpi out wide. It's really good to see yeah. Damien and Velumse, who's also you know, oh, starting to play. You know, they exactly the way you want. You know, and he he's able to express himself. And I think the way our game has evolved, especially. Um, the, the the autumn series has really been good for a lot of the players. Mate, what about yeah? Just about your involvement with South Africa rugby at the moment. I said yesterday, I said South Africa gone are the days of South Africa just rucking and rolling more and putting up a high ball. You're actually starting to play. And when I was playing, I was saying to a couple of lads, I said the day that South Africa start using the ball with the threats they have wide, it is going to be a tough, tough. Day and a tough team to to spot. So you are you starting to see South Africa using the ball a lot more? Has that be always been part of the plan? To be honest, it's always been part of the plan. We, I think, just as players, yeah. we just didn't um, like look for the opportunities. Now we're starting to do it. You know, we've always had the license. You know, but mm-hmm. we never want to go away from our strength. With obviously the physical side of the game the mauling and, and the scrums, you know. But other than that, you know, when we kick the ball, we kick to try and win it back and play in better places. But now, you know, the boys are seeing opportunities. Even when we're now 22, you could see the guys were just going for it because the opportunity is there. Opportunity overrides everything in our, in, in our team. So that's been the biggest thing, the biggest change on more of a mindset side is that we can run from, from anywhere, but if it's open, we'll go for it. If it's not, maybe we'll take it later. Hey, see, one of the one of the really interesting um, parts of selection for the South African team was really intrigues me how you guys deal with that. But your selection policy, where you're changing players in and out all the time, how do the players handle that, and how does it affect your performance? Sorry, I I, I couldn't quite hear that. I'm hearing someone type, so it's difficult to hear. Oh, sorry about that. On, a, on your selection policy, how how does it affect the players' performance when you're changing players in and out all the time? When, you, when you're getting new players coming in? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I'm hearing someone typing and there's someone else speaking on the background, so it's difficult to, <laughs> to hear you guys' questions. So you sound so far... I'll, I'll ask you this one, Sia. So, Sia, like, just you've you've had a lot of changes coming through, force from injury, maybe even you know a lot of opportunities. Even with Valimsa coming in and taking over from Andre Pollard, like, how have the players been able to react and, and adapt to the change, and and have they really embraced it? Yeah, no, they've definitely embraced it. And the nice mm. thing is that all the guys that have come in, they've been in the system. We all train the same. Yeah. We all do the same kind of training. Even if you don't play, if you're holding bags or you're training as opposition, you know that the, the moves is available to everyone. So, And the biggest thing that we are chosen on is obviously being a warrior, not being scared on the field, and, you, and, you, and your work ethic, you know, and just like your talent is probably the, one of the last things that they, they look at because they know everybody's got something that they could in them. But the structure, you know, when you train, when you're in the system, all these guys have been there. And they know that we back them. We let them know as guys who've been yeah. in the system for quite a while that, like, a guy that's playing 10, like Manny Libok, 
We came in and they told he knows when he speaks, I shut up. Whether you're the captain or the most kept guy, he's in charge, he's out 10, and that's how we work on the team. So they can feel that they nice. backed, you know, and they can be themselves. And we work hard for them so that they can do what they're good at. I love that. I love that. Everyone's equal. Um, I talk about it lots because all the young guys, they have a way of seeing things and they have way they have something that they, they believe they can say, but they feel afraid to, to say it. So I really appreciate you sharing that little insight. Are you able to give us your best description on how, of how much Rassi Erasmus means to the Springboks? We hear so much externally, but what's he like? <laughs> what's he like for the group, brother? For his, um, your, I mean, him come a long way. Um, like it, yeah. my relationship with him is quite deep because I met him um, when I was in school. You know, I had signed with the with the cheaters, and then you know I was young when I signed the contract. You know, so he got a lawyer, got me out of the contract. I went to Stormer, so he gave me my first opportunity. And he's yeah. always backed, and he, he always backs the players, and he wants the best of players. And the nice thing about him. He's played the game, so if you're off form or you've been injured, you know he knows what to say, what to say to you. And you also, when you get a little bit arrogant, he lets you know because yeah. he tells you, "I've made these kind of mistakes," and he backs us and he wants the best for us, you know. And our game, like in our country, it's not rugby; is just it's not just the game. We don't play just to play. It means so much more. So he knows the yeah. kind of he says it's not pressure; it's it's privilege that what we have. That what we do on the field, what, what what we love, you know, is able to change people's moves. It's able to make people believe, you know, from me coming from the from the township, you know, the poor areas. Now those kids can dream that it's possible for them to be the uh, springboard captain because I've done it. And it always encourages us. We must always never think about ourselves when we're playing. We must think about those people, you know, how we can make them proud. And we can't cheat them or lie them. And he's good with that. He's good with player management. And he just wants the best for us. He believes if we have a fair opportunity, you know, the the rest of the world can see what we can do and deliver. And he's so good, especially if you have a bad game. He comes straight to you just before you look at your phone and you get the attack on social media. He catches you before the time. I took you off early because of this and that. And he explains all of this stuff so that you understand yeah. that that you don't sit there and wonder what's going on. You know, he's really been been good with us with that. Oh, he's up front. I love you sharing that, that honest insight of uh, Rasi Erasmus and what he's done for you. He's a very smart tactician. He'll he'll know exactly what he needs to do because that last performance against England, just talk to us quickly about that. Like That was a statement. And you've got plenty, plenty of people listening on our show that reckon you are heading in the right direction for the World Cup next year. You happy with that last performance, mate? Yeah, no, of course, we definitely are. I mean, it was a big win for, for most of us. It was the mm. first time winning it took it on, you know. And 2014. people had a lot to say because we, we had lost, I think, nine players went there or there was five who played the week before that had to go back to their unions, you know. And um, mm. and we know what we can do and we really trust every single guy in the team. And for some, for some, for some people, it could have been their last time playing because, you no, know, next year it's a World Cup, so... Everybody had to stand up, and I thought the way that we pulled together as a group, you know, after the the two close losses um, against um, um, Ireland and, and and France, and then we obviously put a, a good performance against Italy, and we knew, you know, this meant so much not just for us, the people back at home, you know, 
as tough as the tour was, you know, the people didn't stop su supporting us, sending us messages, you know, and it, it just reminded us of that, what we're playing for, you know, and um, what a privilege it is, and we, we had to deliver on the day. Hey, you are the man of the people, and I can understand why people follow you and, and the inspiration you are, Sia. Just quickly before we let you go, I know you're busy and, and you've got things to do. How much has life changed for Sia Khaleesi uh, in the last couple of years? You, I know you've gone back to your school and you've opened up the Khaleesi stand and you've given back to the community. Has life just changed drastically since 2019? Uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely has. I think since 2019, um, I, I think Co Coach Rice spoke to us before we played the final against England. Like, he he spoke, um, like, the speech alone was was enough motivation when he told us, like, what we were playing for. You know, he always takes us back to, to the people back at home, what they're going through. And like he yeah. said, like, for me, like he told us, if you play today like you can, and you win, it will change um, your life, not just your life, everybody else, whatever it is that you're playing for. And for me personally, you know, without my teammates, I wouldn't be where I am. And th with the foundation that we have, we're able to to do all these kind of things. You know, we were able to touch people's lives during COVID. We were able to donate to people. And that's what rugby does. And I think the biggest thing for us rugby players to understand that Rugby is not your life. It, it's it's what you do, and it's it's you can use it as a vehicle, not just for you, but to inspire others and make a difference. And sometimes, you know, people think you have to take out of your pocket. You can use your own personal partners, you know, and you can it can help you, guide you to a purpose, and you can use it as a vehicle. And I think that's what I've found, you know, has helped me a lot. That I know what I. Me waking up every morning when I, when the body so when I don't want to get up, I know you know. Yeah. I must get up because there's a child getting a meal every day. There's a woman being saved because we provide uh, for, for gender-based violence um, like some tools to, to prevent, you know, for the woman. It's a big problem in our country. So there's so much that I face as a kid that I'm able to make a difference now. Only through doing what I love is opening all those doors for me. And I'm always encouraging rugby players to think far more than themselves and their families. What can they do? to make it different in someone, or someone that they don't know, and that drives me each and every single day. Man, that's, that is inspirational, Sia. Honestly, like, back down here, we, we just got no real understanding of what's going on back in the country, and you just touched on it there briefly. You're an inspiration to many uh, around, the, around South Africa and around the world, mate. We really appreciate you coming on our show and sharing your insights. People love hearing your voice. You are the captain of South Africa, and I am truly honoured and, and grateful for you to uh, be on the airways with Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thank you so much, Sia. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Cheers, guys. That was so inspirational, Izzy. That was such a different perspective coming from the South African captain and uh, oh. the way that he spoke about more than just the game. That was early, mm. Izzy. Um, Louis, that was more than an athlete. We got it early. A day early today, uh, some great grabs there, and I'll tell you what, there's goosebumps. That last, that last um, bit there, when you ask him what it meant meant to him and how sore he was getting out of bed, how it would change lives, especially for the wahine up there in South Africa, um, knowing what everyone goes through in that country. Yep, sometimes you just don't know how lucky you are, and uh, what a get. That's was, it. What a get. That was so good. That's it. You just don't know. Like he's been through it all. 
like his his upbringing you just be blown away and I love it how they always go back to the people and, and the people that that are their country and they're so patriotic and passionate and it's a it's just a real reminder that when you're playing the sport it's not just about yourself it's about a lot more and there's a lot more uh, you know our own team could probably do to to inspire um, uh, many around the country and they do it they do it but there's just always more you can do and I love as a captain you are demanding more from your teammates to do better, to be better, and, and, and inspire the next generation. What a, yeah. Oh, I'm just blown away with that. And I lost you. What happened to you? Oh, there's just, we had a little couple of technical <laughs> issues, but you had it all covered, mate. You know, talking to to uh, Sia Khaleesi there. Um, mm. I just, you know, we, could, we couldn't allow that to, to interrupt that great uh, conversation, that great interview there, mate. So well done on that. Um, big get, Sia Khaleesi coming in here to talk... Uh, Interesting about the South Africans and the way they approach it, eh, Louis? This, the, the, mm. you know, just the, the way he spoke about everything encompassing that rugby team. It's, you, you're thinking, wow, everyone's so different. Yeah. yeah his, his perspective uh, on not just rugby, but what rugby does for society and for communities is something I won't forget for a long time. Gig says, a man of the people, a true legend of the game, when he talks, the, the rugby world listens. Costa says, great call, boys. I absolutely love that. He is the man. What an interview. Well done. Also, a huge thank you to you guys on your Movember efforts as well. That's from Scott Logan there. So straight away, people loving it. If you just tuned in and caught the back end of it, go to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. I reckon we'll just park that there, put a full stop and see a Khaleesi. And on the other side, we'll get back and talk some more rugby because Izzy's got a bomb squad we need to hear. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. In 2009, a zonal structure was imposed on Rugby League by Sport New Zealand, which mandated a vote of the structure that had to come in or lose all funding to Rugby League given by Sport New Zealand and major funders. In effect, Sport New Zealand, in my opinion, colonised Rugby League, a sport predominantly played by and governed by Māori and Pacifica and became the master of our game in this country. Having full control of who governs and runs it. By the way, no other sport has had this same structure imposed ever since. On December the 10th this month, next month, a meeting has finally been called by the NZRL, facilitated only by the fact that the districts of New Zealand have come together to say enough is enough, and who would like the current structure which gives them no say and no financial support kicked into touch. But here's the major issue. The districts who effectively are the owners of the game have never been invited collectively to the table since 2009 to discuss this issue. And in doing so, the NZRL have been able to secure annually $8 million of funding of support to do with whatever they want. Only 6% of that funding goes down to grassroots zones. That's Sports New Zealand mandated model. And none of it goes to the districts. Those are the owners. Right, and, and guess what? That's $8 million, is he? So Sport New Zealand, in my opinion, need to step up here and bin this archaic structure. The structure imposed on predominantly Māori and on which rugby league being the only sport that has had to take this on board for the fear of being scolded by its master. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. 6%, where does the rest go? That's the point. The point is, well, there's a, there's a couple of points here. This, wow. I, um, 
We had a meeting last night because I've been a part of this, Izzy, and, and yeah. the, the thing with it is that we just want what's right for the game. And yeah. if you if you break it down $8 million annually, well, you just think since 2009, it's a fair bit of money that's gone across the table and none of it's gone back to the districts. Hone Harawera up in the far north in Taitukaro is a really good example. Doesn't get a cent. Um, but he's not the only one. Whangarei District, they don't get anything. Um, Taranaki, Waikato, Waikau Bay, Bay of Plenty. Bay of Plenty actually voted against the structure in 2009 to go in. But the the irony of all this, since 2009, there has never been a meeting. So uh, to put this into context for Rugby Union, and Rugby Union meet with their unions. That's what you call them, ASE. Yeah. And the yep, unions yep. determine what goes on because they are the owners of the game of rugby in this country. So can you imagine the unions of this country for rugby union having no say? And up above them, New Zealand rugby, along with the government, have put in a separate structure that talk on behalf of the unions. But the unions don't have a say and decide that everything that happens at the top is governed by a structure that's inserted in the middle. And that's what was done in 2009. It was never done after it. It was the last sport to do it. It just so happens to be Māori and Pacifica. And in my opinion, it's a colonised model that needs to be removed. And Sport New Zealand need to step up and remove it immediately. So are they going to do it? What's the, what's the kind of feel at the moment there, Because I agree. I agree that that is, that is poor. Like $8 million, 6% going back to the to the districts, as they say. Is there going to be change, or what are the what are the? Well, that's the that's the like it's such an important meeting for the districts that have been invited back to the table. So and, they have to vote if they vote. Well, they, will that make change? Well, they or have, who has overriding? They decision? have no vote. That's the that's the whole okay. problem. So the structure well, that has go. been imposed There's on them has no taken away yet. their rights. Yes. So we need to demand that from a ownership model. So who can overturn it? Sport New Zealand Sport needs New Zealand. to step in. Okay. Yep. Sport New Zealand <clears> needs well, to step in. Just, just quickly, there's a, like someone asked me the question the other day: Why is Australian rugby, you know, struggling? And I just said, look, for it's the total opposite over in Australia, Kempi. You've got rugby league in Australia that is inclusive for for all areas, where rugby over in Australia is like only inclusive for private schools, and it's a real kind of. Well, how do I say it? What's the word? But a, you know, a, a kind of a, a game for the elite over in Australia. Now you're seeing a situation now where their their stocks are depleted. They're able, they're unable to compete from a, a depth point of view. Whereas in the other side, league have gone out and they've embraced everyone out there in the public. So that's why I think leagues uh, in this situation it hasn't been, you know, able to be inclusive for everyone. And you said, look, I hope there's change, Kim, because that is poor, and those numbers really say a lot about what's going on and, and the people at top that are just really clipping the ticket. 29 away from 8. Well explained, Kimpy. Double eight, double three. Actually, 0800 If you're on the ground out there at Grassroots Rugby League, how desperate is change needed around your club, around the Motu? Come through and talk to us. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Check out the field days. 1.5% finance offer for four days only. 27 minutes away from 8am, Kempi's off the back fence, very powerful stuff. 
this morning around rugby league and trying to get some power and the balance of power back to the people at the grassroots. A couple of highlights from your Football World Cup going on this morning with Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. Yeah, Senegal, Ecuador. Man, Senegal, they are playing some serious football. A smile start, steps up and rolls it down the right sides. Ismail Assar with the goal that gives Senegal a place in the top two. Corner comes in, back post, and there is the equaliser for Ecuador. It's Moises Caicedo. He bundles it in at the back posts. Long set piece here for Senegal, and they've responded. Senegal, their captain, Kalanu Koulibaly, and the Lions of Taranga are back in front. Kalidou Koulibaly on the end of the dead ball. He's put his team back into the round of 16. Every game live in the SCNZ app. Some wonderful commentary there. Senegal get past Ecuador 2-1. Netherlands 2-0 over Qatar, keeping their sheet clean. Iran, USA after eight, as well as Wales, England. And we, I reckon we'll take a little bit of that game towards the end of the show, boys, because Wales, England, man, there'll be some feist in that one, is he? Oh, yes, there will. And I know Kempi will be watching that with interest. And England? <laughs> wow. Wow. Gareth Southgate, obviously that draw against the USA wasn't ideal. Is it coming home? But rocky at the moment. But I reckon they'll get up over Wales. Sorry, Kempi, but I think they'll get up well, over that, Wales. Look, I love, I love England. I'll give up my, my 10 yeah. bucks to Joe for England to get a win here because I think they make the tournament even more exciting when they do make it through to the final eight. Um, yeah. A lot of big shot there, Radford from Manchester United. Um, well, he must he must be going to start today, is he? Uh, here to hit a Harry Kane, or he might be up at the front there with Harry Kane. And what, what have they got to play today, 4-4-3? Four, four, yeah, probably that 4-3-3. Oh, 4-3-3. Okay. <laughs> a real attacking mindset there, Kempi, I think. They're going to really go out and swing for the stars. Yeah. How uh, good. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Jim Hickey, give me that one. Four three three. You like that little weather update, is? <laughs> oh my lord! Breaking news. I was like, wow, what's Kimpy coming with? And then a weather update from Jim Hickey. Oh, you're one of a kind. Absolutely love it. Just, just quickly on, on your um, off the back fence here. Great little update there, Louis, um, regarding the NZRL. Like it's eight million dollars. And you th- I've been asking you about the, the kind of situation in the back room. There's 20-plus staff in the NZRL. Yeah. 20-plus staff. They will be on a bit of a whack. Um, and there's all things happening in the background. I get a sense that this is really a bit of greed from the NZRL. Yeah, and it's and it's a boys' club. You know what I mean? It's sort of like they, they tick boxes. Why, why are our most powerful clubs in the country... Got the old boys mentality. Yeah, Why? I, I know. Like, it's really, you know, this isn't a, a, a shot across just rugby league. I think it, it's in my, in most sports, but we just need to sort out. You know, we don't need a filter, for instance, where money needs to go through a national body to go down to people on the ground. It just needs see all of this money that's been given to the to the head office, the national sporting office is government money, taxpayer dollars yeah. through health agencies, 
um, the TAB, all that sort of stuff that says it needs to go directly to grassroots. Well, none of it makes it. That's the point we're trying to make. None of it actually makes it How many it districts us. are there, Kimpi? There's, How many districts? There's 15 districts, 16 if you count counties who, have, who, who are actually yeah. one of the, the zones. There's seven zones. But the zonal structure that was imposed is archaic. It should never be around. And the, so and if you gave the unions or the districts or the SEGIM 500k, what's the kind of what's the criteria? Is there things steps in place to ensure, well, like it's like the Silver Lake deal? Is there things in place to ensure the money's spent in the right well, that's way? The, that's the you know, and that's the um, reasoning they'll use this this model. And Louis's got a really good point um, to make about this, but see. Because you are pushed down and pushed out of the game, you actually don't have no equity in the game when you're sitting at the tables making those decisions. So you don't even actually get to elect who runs your game. It's it's honestly, it is really archaic. Oh, Izzy, all I was just wondering was like, we've just remember we had Steve Lancaster sit in studio here with us and he spoke about yeah. how they were on numbers based. They wanted to, the first thing they wanted to do with the Silver Lake money is give it to the lifeblood of the game. And do you remember how, like the look on Steve's face and how proud he was to do that? And, and yeah, we've given yeah. New Zealand rugby a bit of a hard crack this year, but I remember that day, and I just remember thinking, "Wow, that that they know where they need to butter their bread first. That's yeah, that's that's the point, and that's right on the money, right there, then then and then. And why aren't NZRL seen it, Kempi? The game is well because they got here eight in million our reasons not to see it. <laughs> You know, when you've got a C- CEO on, you know, a six-figure salary in, in the mid-ranges um, and you've got, you know, a, a job which you're not really doing, like, why wouldn't you not want this to change? It's a it's a candy store. It's mm. a candy store for the people sitting at the top. I'm afraid, you know, it's it's my opinion, but the, the thing about this, if anyone wants to go and look at it, because it's a non-for-profit organisation, you can go and check all the AGM reports and just go and have a look at the AGM reports and have a look at the the director's fees and the and it's, there's a there's a a part in there which says one FTE one FTE means full time employee that one FTE is the CEO and have a look at their salary compared to the games game the game money going back into the game it's relatively seven directors and a CEO get more than the game for years and it's just wrong, it's just wrong I don't I don't care how people try and frame it up it needs to be looked at and it needs to be sorted out and. I'm thankful that finally, after 13 years, the the districts who are actually the owners of the game, the volunteers on the grass that run the, our game, are being invited back into the tent. Yeah, well said, Kempi. 20 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Last day of spring today. We'll just park that for now. Last day of spring today, lads, which means the breeding season has come to a close. John Thompson at Rich Hill Stud. Well, how about the horses' names of Levante, Legato, La Creek? Well, his, his stallions have been running red hot. Let's catch up with Johnny Thompson and find Legato's out. Legato's going to get pungled next year. <laughs> Is he? I'm joking. Izzy's Bomb Squad. Oh, I keep harping on about it. That's because I get a sense we're about to see one of the biggest missed opportunities in history of our national game. And we've seen it coming from a mile away. Razor Ray has been gagged 
and made to be someone he's not while being in New Zealand, his coaching nature and st- or style was so left field that NZR did not know if they wanted to take the chance and shake things up or keep that old boy's old school mentality that NZR has. Now this is 100% going to bite the NZR and more importantly Kiwi rugby fans in the backside. Why should Razor risk it all and stay here waiting at waiting at NZR's disposal when the possibility of Fozzie winning the World Cup and staying on as head coach is alive and Razor's destiny is out of his hands. And let's make something very clear. Like Uncle says, you have rocks in your head if you think England haven't pursued Razor. The wealthiest union in the world will be throwing the kitchen sink at Ray. And trust me, if they get their man, he will take them to World Club Cup glory. If I crystal ball gaze, I expect Razor Ray will be coaching England by early next year. And I want to know how that makes you feel. Imagine, imagine this flatting setup. A Kensington Palace. Baz McCullum occupies for the summer. Then Razor Ray takes over in the winter. Two Kiwi blokes in charge of two of the best teams in the world. England, you heard it. England, do you, Razor Ray? Izzy's bomb squad. So good, so good. What about that flat? What about the flat? Imagine that. Razor, Razor. Bears in the summer. Bears. Razor in the winter. Bears ball. What are we going to call? What are we going to call Razor? Ripper Razor. (laughs) We're going to come with something for Razor now. Um, But yeah, man. Look, I, I, I hear Izzy. I hear. I think the world is screaming it, except here, just down the corridor at NZR. <laughs> like, go down there, Kimpy. Mate, like, I, honestly, <laughs> the 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 your mate when he came on um, and spoke about being in the Barbarians and seeing Razor, and the first thing he said, oh, "I'm going to go to the English Rugby Union and tell them they're going to get this guy." Like, what else do you need? Like, what are you what are what are you waiting for? And I and you're dead right, waiting for the coach's job when you know that possibly. What you know, if it, if he does go and win the 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 World Cup, um, Ian Foster, there's, we've got another sir on our hands, and who knows what's what's happening? You don't have to coach your black; you become a sir. <laughs> Kimpy, that's enough to accept my team. Oh, sorry, that's enough to accept my team. But you're right. Like if he stays, like and, and he wins it. <laughs> oh, Kimpy. I think it'd be a gig. You're making a round table down there at the NZR for all the nights. <laughs> Imagine if they get a coach called Arthur. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sir Arthur. Sir yeah, Arthur lot. Oh, man. He'd have to be the chairman, um, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, be you've rattled me now. Well, hey, Izzy, what, the, do you oh. know the, the, the thing yeah. that, you, that I think when I hear you, when you preempt this in your crystal ball gaze, is like it's actually a double-edged sword because it will mean that we're going to miss out on coaching our team, but you're saying that he's going to then take another team to another stratosphere. So it's like a two-edged razor blade, isn't it? Well, I just I look at them. Look at England cricket team. Like they're, they're, probably, they're potentially going to go to Pakistan and do something they've only ever done twice. 2003 is the last time they won a series. They won a game, I think. So you get England, they've, they've got the talent. They have the talent, and he's already coached them in the barbars. It's just unshackling them and letting them play without having to worry about the media scrutinising them and and everything like that. So it's a tough situation for Ray 
Does he run the risk of staying here and, and Fozzie going on and winning it and then staying on because he might want to coach for 10 years? And uh, look, I hope the All Blacks do win the World Cup. But for him, he's got to make a decision for Ray. And the decision for Ray is to go coach in England and uh, and start earning some pound, which is flying at the moment. Inflation, <laughs> economy, doesn't matter when you get in the pound. <laughs> well said. How fast is eight? Nice bomb squad there, is he? Uh, Razor Ray. And Wales, England, locked at nil all, as is Iran and USA right now. That's in the SENZ app. We might try and take a little bit of this Wales-England commentary to close out the first half here on SENZ before we're done. Some good texts on double eight double three. But right now it's Aroha with news for Kubota. Check out their field days. 1.5% finance offer for four days. New Zealand bloodstock is where winning begins. And today a very wet and blustery spring reaches its end, which I'm sure will come as a relief to many horse breeders out there. It might have been an unconventional spring on the farm for Ritual Stud, but... On the track, their stallion's progeny has been flying, absolutely flying. The likes of Legado, La Creek, Sacred Satano are all flying the ritual flag with absolute distinction. Look up every time you see a winner and you just know where they're coming from. The reflection on what's been a spring to remember is the managing director, Rich Hill, John Thompson, who joins us this morning on the line. Morning, John. How are you this morning? Yeah, morning, guys. How's things? Yeah, good, thanks. Hey, put, put it into perspective for us, John. Like, How successful of a spring has it been for you at Ritual? Oh, look, it has been, you know, a little bit unbelievable in many ways. I mean, you know, we've got some <laughs> lovely stallions and uh, well-credentialed, and, uh, but um, everything's just come together, and I, I think it started way back, you know, Dark Destroyer and, and by, by Poiseur, and um, I'm thunderstruck by shocking. You know, one that there were only two oh. Group Ones in Australasia that day, and they won both of them. And that set the ball rolling for the spring. It's been, yeah, it's been a roller coaster ride, that's for sure. Oh, that is some big names there, John, mate. How unusual has the conditions impacted the breeding season? Man, it's been wet. Yeah, look, I mean, we have. It's been really busy for the guys on the farm too. Obviously, the stallions have been so popular, and I must admit, some of these dreary mornings you get up and you wonder why you're doing it, Izzy. But I suppose it's like training for rugby on a wet day, isn't it? You know, got to get it. You got to get in there and do it, don't you? So, yeah. yeah, yeah. You love. You've got to love your job, John. How much of a relief is it though when an expensive stallion like Satano Aladdin size group winners right off the bat? How good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you bring these horses out, all the all the stuff. Ching, ching, you know, ching. I've got to get paid service fees first, mate. Yeah, but, uh, honestly, yeah. All studs are the same. We bring these horses out. They're well credentialed, good pedigrees, uh, but it doesn't guarantee success. And when it happens, it, it is it is great for everybody. But it's also great for the whole industry, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, it is. So all your stallions are flying at the moment. Has that led to increased demand for breeders to pair their mares with your stallies? Yeah, look, it, it's been a little bit embarrassing, actually. Um, you know, a, a, a stallion can only serve so well, they can only serve so many mares, you know, and uh, you can't serve everybody's mares. And look, I, I mean, we, we we hate turning people away, but I'm afraid we've had had to at times, you know, with the, particularly with Fazir and Satano Aladdin, you know. Um, they, you know, they, well, maximum they can serve four mares a day, which, um, you know, seems like a lot, but uh, they have been. What busy. a gig! <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> come, come, if you want to come back, come back as a stallion, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Holy. It's a very, very good way to put it, Johnny. Hey, um, look, it, it, it might just, when, when you get this sort of success, and, and we saw it with Purr and Canto, and obviously Savabell's in a, kind of in a, a different stratosphere or has been of, of the la- over the last decade or so. But it, people might think, oh, okay, so you get the success. So you just go and you put the stud fees up straight away. That's the first thing you do. But the market, and especially in New Zealand, it kind of really dictates that internally. It's almost like an ecosystem and you can't just go and all of a sudden whack 50K on your, your service fee, can you? So how delicate is that process when you've got a roster as big as yours? Yeah, well, look, honestly, you set your fees, you know, generally the traditional time is sort of like April, April, maybe May, um, you know, next year. And, of course, at that stage, you're hoping things are going to happen. So, I mean, obviously, with Brazil, we, we were perhaps a little bit conservative with its fee. But, you know, we weren't to know that it, we've had five group, one, uh, five group one races in New Zealand this season. He's side three of them, you know, so... Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's a tricky decision at times, but, but I think everybody realises that um, his fee is going to go up next year, so that's why they're all trying to jump in now. You know? so, yeah. Hey, John, but, so um, I, take it, I take it the preparations for the Karaka sales are well underway? That's that's right. Everyone's um, got the yearlings in now. That you know they're starting the grooming and walking process, and you know feeding, getting them spick and span. There have there are some early parades for some of the Australian trainers are, are taking a sneak preview. But um, you know we tend to get busy with the parades after the staff have a little break over Christmas, New Year, and then we're right into it in the build up to Caracas. Well, I don't know if you know it, John, but I've got a very good mare called uh, Cinerama that um, you know. If you send us a little text on the on the text machine, give me a give me a <laughs> your bonus um, bonus back uh, if we send you want the there, discount code. The discount code, mate. Um, she'll, right. be coming, oh. she'll be coming to you next. Yeah. How, how does that Did sound? You're not just here. He's busy. Yeah, well, I'll be sending I'll be sending you the contract tomorrow, boys. <laughs> but, um, hey, Cinerama, she's out of she's sensational, isn't she? That's right. Yeah. She's out since yeah. she's sensational. She's got. A, Tarzino yeah. foal at the moment. Um, she's she's yeah. warming up. Yeah, well, look, um, she's sensational. We've got her on the farm. She just foaled, oh, she was late foaling. She just sold a uh, foaled a Savabil colt about a week or 10 days ago, and we're, she's here to be bred to Prazer. So um, you might as well jump in and get all the family with Prazer. Sounds good. Get another one. Okay. Hey, John, <laughs> thanks for joining us <laughs> this morning on Izzy and Kimby for breakfast. It's been great. You guys are absolutely flying there at Rich Hill. Um, yeah, like you said, every time we look up, you guys are, uh, as he said, your fa- That's famous phrase, ching, ching, Ooh. ching. <laughs> Who's going to come up with that name for the horses? Thanks a lot, John. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Hey, I'm looking forward to getting some of Izzy's money, mate. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> ching out of here, Johnny. <laughs> All right, Bob. Thank you. Oh, mate, some of those names you read it off, they are flying at the Thunderstruck, Dark Destroyer. Sam Whitley rode Dutch for that day, and that was a hell of a ride in the wet. Very, very good. Lion Thunderstruck. Legato, La Creek. Oh! Yeah. When you get it right, you just get paid, eh? Well, the crazy thing is, is it's like across all of their stallions as well, like Vatamos, um, Prosier, Satono, Aladdin, like they all... Uh, performing, and then there's Ace High as well, and shocking with I'm Thunderstruck. So like, it's so rare that the whole roster. That's like a that's like a sports team that everyone is having the game of their the season of their life in the same year. How rare is that? The A team. 
the eighteen. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, he got he he got like he'd be so wined and dined, it wouldn't be funny. Oh, Johnny T. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how's this? Oh, uh, should I say this? Yeah, well, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good man. I rang him yesterday. Oh, uh, g'day, John. Um, <laughs> I know you be busy, mate. Ah, oh, Louis, I've just got some mates over in Australia. I'm just at the pub. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. So, I'm not the only one chasing that discount code. So, uh, no, they, they go on well at the moment. And so is New Zealand Bloodstock. Obviously, where winning begins, premier standard bred thoroughbred auction house. And coming up in Karaka sales, that's where you'll see so many of those beautiful ritual uh, stud progeny going through the sales ring there at the beautiful complex out at Karaka. We're six and a half away from eight. A couple of text messages to wrap up the hour after this.